You ever heard of the saying, cut from the same cloth? Do you believe in that? Do you believe that cloth exists? For the longest time, I didn't feel that I was similar to anybody else. Instead, another term came to mind. Broke the mold when they made him. We all like to think of ourselves as unique, one-of-a-kind individuals. At least those of us who fancy ourselves as outsiders or loners. Problem with that, though, no matter how proud you are to admit it, it eventually gets lonely being a loner. You start to seek out like minds with like pastimes. Many friends on many levels are had. We all have friends who don't necessarily share the same tastes, but our shared life experience is what keeps us close and together. Then there are those who have become close due to similar interests, and the friendship has blossomed from there. Even still, with those relationships, there are eventually forks in the road, points where you find out you don't necessarily see eye to eye. Whatever the case, and no matter how far you eventually stray from each other, there was that moment, that glimmer in each of your eyes when you looked at one another and said to yourselves, this guy's just like me. And in the end, no matter how lonely a wolf you see yourself as, it is comforting knowing you're not alone. So, may I present to you this podcast episode, a moment captured when I met somebody for the first time, started recording, and realized as we continued talking, that cloth may very well exist. Juan Montoya is a multifaceted artist, and I'm a big fan. I love the music he writes and the art he makes. It's from a place that I can really connect with immediately. You'll hear how we met, our mutual love for certain bands, and his artwork, which is the reason that brought us together, the reason why we were meeting in the first place. Montoya helped form and played guitar in the incredible band Torch from Miami, Florida. The first two Torch albums with Montoya are phenomenal. 2008's Meanderthal album is a slice of immense brilliance. The only way I can describe the band, and this is only meant as the highest of compliments, is if you mashed Mastodon together with the Foo Fighters. Coming from me, that is high praise. The band has since soldiered on as a three-piece, while Montoya has moved forward with bands like Monstro, featuring ex-Blood Simple members, and most recently, his instrumental Stallone Band. Both are worth checking out. And you can start to see, when you take a step back, just how much of a signature stamp he brings to every one of his musical projects. But when it comes to signature stamps, it was his artwork that truly wrangled me in. His love of the rock band Kiss, evident through his strange and fantastic interpretations of the four characters, can only be the work of a true Kiss disciple. Mainly due to the commercialization of the KISS personas, rarely do you see true love, care, and devotion given to their depictions. Montoya's ability to beautifully illustrate his love of rock and roll is both enchanting and endearing. But his work is so much more than that. Follow him on Instagram at Montoya underscore Blackmagic and on Tumblr, MontoyaBlackMagic.tumblr.com. Even though he now lives in Atlanta, 
It was under lucky circumstance that he happened to be in Miami the night we rolled into town on the eve of the maiden voyage for the Motorhead Motorboat Cruise, and I couldn't think of a better person to spend it with than Juan himself. This is but a shaving of a conversation that was had before and after the podcast that lasted for a few hours. We could have talked all week nonstop. If there is one rule I try to keep in doing this podcast, it's that the conversations be a loose, informal hangout. And this is it, exactly. Two guys meeting for the first time and getting to know each other. It's a great moment. I'd like to thank Blue Mic Microphones for the Yeti mics, Skull Candy Headphones for the Aviator headphones, and to everyone listening, thank you very much. Every time someone comes up to me and tells me they listen to the episodes... I am genuinely surprised and very flattered, so thank you so much. Juan Montoya is this episode's guest on the official Danko Jones podcast, and it starts now. The Danko Jones podcast is the best around. They play the kid as Danko School of Dallas for free. I'm so glad I like to stop Jimmy in from Fox Town. Stop playing Hang Town. Why, me have to tell you, the Danko Jones podcast are the best podcast me ever hear in my life. Me and my girlfriend, them love to get around the computer and listen every single episode. It's fantastic. You know, so them turn me on to so much exciting rock and roll band. Rock and roll people and some funny ass comedian. Yo, Nick Flanagan hilarious. And love to hear it up with Danko. What? You never hear Danko Jones podcast before? How are you there? Yeah, hi. What kind of rock you live under? Drop everything you do and go and go listen right now. Better yet, why you not make me come with you and listen? Me hear every episode already, but you don't know so it sounds even better the second time around. Inspirational, educational, motivational. Danko Jones Podcast. Fierce! I'm so glad to have met you today. Yeah, pleasure. A pleasure. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, this is... Uh, the the eve of the motorboat is starting off on a on a, a yeah. great note. Metalheads um, in paradise. <laughs> yes, you texted me Metalheads in Paradise. We met on Instagram. Yeah. And so, the the funny yeah. thing is I, I, I do these anybody who's on Instagram does these explore there's the explore feature. Yeah. And it changed. I don't know if you noticed a, a now, couple of months ago. Yeah, and before it was just like whoever was hot at the moment, like in Vogue or something, or Jennifer Lopez's cousin or something. Like, <laughs> now girls not, on the beach that you don't yeah. know, and yeah, someone someone became like a mega celebrity through videos of them in a gym. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, like, it's a weird world. I, it was in really Instagram thing. It was lame, and I think a lot of people, I think they caught on to it. So yeah. So then they revamped Instagram to have people you are one or two degrees away from. Yeah. And so one morning I was on Explore and I saw this image of Gene Simmons um, illustrated in a way that blew my mind. And it was, it harked back to like rock and roll overcovers, like that kind of, that kind of, um, fantastic way of depicting kiss characters yeah and um it, it looked like callie too from like you know east indian mythology in a uh, way there was yeah. there were subtle little things an in interpretation it. of gene and i was just like who is this it's a friend of karen kuda ah uh, 
That's she's, how she's on the on the cruise. She's she coming on the cruise, it. yeah. And Karen used to be in Nashville Pussy. Yeah, great band. And we follow each other on Instagram, and so you guys were friends. And I reached out to you because you'd left like, hey, does anybody want this? I'm like, I fucking want this. Yeah. So I emailed you, not knowing who you are. But then when I trolled your Instagram for more of these images, I said to myself, that dude looks like that. The old guy from uh, Torch. Yeah. And sure sure enough, here you are. Um, you emailed me back and you said, hey, you know, for fellow musician, blah, blah, blah. I'm a fellow musician. This guy's in a Oh, this guy's in a band too. Yeah. <laughs> who is you it? Know, who else? Who isn't in a band? <laughs> fellow musician. And then I think you sent me uh, an email saying the bands that you were in. Yeah. And Meanderthal, to me, blew me away. Oh, thank it, you, I mean, I think I wrote you and I said I put you. I put it on like my top ten of the year of that year. What was it? Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. And I, I turned as many people who had listened to me on to that album and that, yeah. and, and uh, I, I, I thought that album was amazing. Um, and Thanks. Thank you, man. And so I kind of went down a rabbit hole of a Juan Montoya rabbit hole for about two weeks, oh. <laughs> where I trolled your Instagram and I was just like, "This guy's amazing. I love his work on any level, whether it's music or illustration." You know, you don't know me, but I know more about you through following you, and I found there's a similar vibe in your in what you you know what you deem is cool and what you think is. Is cool, similar interests and similar visuals. I really dug your vibe, and um, you you mentioned Monstro, you mentioned uh, S- Stallone. Now yeah. I, I want to go through all of it. The first things first is is what happened, and I'm sure you've answered this question. And if you don't want to answer it, let me know. But w- uh, you recently uploaded a picture of you and an old torch bandmate or torche is it torch 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 people i think we we added the e at the end of the name yeah because uh i think there might have been another torch right like a and uh somewhere in europe stuff like a hardcore band so i mean we're not really hardcore but you know we just we're still kind of close enough for it to kind of like interfere or something like that so we just added an e at the end of the name and it just kind of like everywhere we went in europe they just pronounced it differently so i'm like uh you know, that's a hard thing. Yeah. Sometimes having a name. See, you, we wanted to make it as simple as possible. Right. In a way, sort of to be something, you know, a name that cuts through. And uh, and that's why I chose Monstro, too, because Monstro, you could pronounce it in in Spanish and in English, and it still sounds cool. And was know? that your band, too? You didn't yeah. join that band. You no, I, start, that I started band. it with Kyle Sanders, who's now playing in uh, with uh, in Hell Yeah with Vinnie Paul. Oh, okay. And he's he's doing that. And uh, Bevan Davis, who played with Danzig from 99, like around 99. And uh, he played with Jerry Contrell when he would do his solo tours, which is amazing. So that's why we ended up doing like a Allison Chains tour with Monstro. Oh, okay. Because of that connection. Right. And he's also playing with Wayne Static. So, so yeah, it started oh, like right. in 2009, like right when I did, I was playing my last show with Torch which we played in all tomorrow's parties, those amazing festivals out there in, in the UK. We were playing a, a Melvin's Pantomas curated event, and it was my dream show. And, you know, we had the falling out. Like, Steve is an old friend of mine. We've been friends since we were teenagers, but we had a really ridiculous fallout. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'm like, I told him, well, I just want to play this last show because this is going to be the best show I've ever been to or experienced. 
played, you know, Thurston Moore was there, Square Pusher, who does that eccentric uh, mm -hmm. electronic music with, yep. a, with a touch of jazz. Uh, you know, The Damned, they got back together. I like 70s punk rock and all that stuff. And, uh, and of course, Melvin's, one of my favorite bands. Of all I mean, time. Yeah. I always loved everything they've done. And, uh, and Mastodon were out there, too. So I'm like, I'm, this is going to be my last show. And when I was out there, Troy, San uh, Troy, Sanders, Troy Sanders from Mastodon, his brother, Kyle Sanders, who played in Blood Simple. Blood Simple went on hiatus. He was going through the same thing that I was. I had to start fresh from a new band. And we talked during my last torch show to start up a new band. So we ended up wow. putting Monster together. And then right away, we started writing. It took us a while to find a singer. Once we found a singer, we were able to record demos, and we ended up signing with Vagrant Records, which is kind of a weird label for a heavier band to do. But we kind of like, we just didn't want to be, you know, put in the category of, of just like either stone or rock, like, like Torch was. Because I think I felt that we were doing something a little bit more outside of just the normal. That's why I loved it so much. I mean, exactly that. And yeah. stone or rock, who the hell listens to Torch and. Yeah, it's just weird. I mean, the riffs are so heavy, but it's so crazy that there's so much melody, fifties influenced melodies on top of so it. So much or, melody, kind of, kind of like what the Misfits did. They were like a hard edge band, but they had these beautiful melodies. I on totally top agree. And hooks, yeah. You know? I mean, but I've, you know. I've um, now that you've kind of like brought me up to speed with what you're doing with all your musical projects, um, and how my starting point was Torch, I could see how how much of how much your influence was in Torch because I hear the same sounds in in Monstro and in Stallone yeah uh, I, I could hear it's and it's more than just the guitar playing it's in the songwriting too it's like entrenched in there somehow I could I could hear it yeah you know it's it's one of my favorite things to do is just work outside of the box it's just like you know Sometimes people write a song because they're influenced by another song. You know, there's always going to be like a little subtle or like hidden, you know, influence in most yeah. music. You know, you know, it's funny because the older I get, the more I dig deep. It's like I'm, I'm to the point that I'm a musical historian now. You know, not not to brag or anything like that, but I'm just saying I, you know, there's a band I like. I'm like, I wonder what they, what influenced them. And I mean, I'm and I'm digging into like old Greek. You know, psychedelic bands like Aphrodite's Child, you know, stuff like Budgie, like stuff that influenced Metallica. And it, and, it, and it's crazy because it doesn't sound like Metallica, but I, you sometimes you hear the more your 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 ear evolves and and you know you develop taste as an older person. Yeah, you could kind of like hear certain things that that influenced the you know records like Budgie and Diamond Head influenced Metallica. That's an example, you know. So you know. I've been digging into older music. It's crazy. I, there's a couple of newer bands that I kind of like, but it's just like right now, it's just like I'm, I'm on the search, you know, back in time because there's so much beautiful stuff that a lot of people are just not aware of. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... it's or even have the attention span to, <laughs> to do, Yeah, you know? And, and it's so easy to now, too, with, you know, just the easy access to, to music but when I think back on bands like you mentioned Diamond Head and Budgie and the influences that Metallica wore on their sleeve yeah it's it's interesting because I mean it it might be a weird thing but when you look at bands like Metallica and the Stones and the and the Beatles one thing about them is they always had at least one person in the band if not all of them were like m music musophiles 
their musos, total musophiles, and that's the only way they are able to come up with that kind of music is because they 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 went deep and and they just immersed themselves themselves with that music. And I see bands today; they don't they they aren't really fans. They're fans on a on just a kind of cursory level, just to get to the next you know next album, and they don't really listen to a lot of music, which I find baffling. You know, they love the music. I'm not. I'm not questioning their love for music. I'm questioning why they don't go deep. I just. I don't. I don't know. I think. I think it has to do with how times are now. It's just everybody is on the move. Everything's a rat race, and you really don't get to. You know, for musicians, there's really no artist development thing right yeah. now. It's just like, you know, here comes the next band. Put the next band. Get rid of this band. You know, before people would. You know be a little bit more they would invest into someone's career musical career or something like that and I think that's what's going on nowadays that just people don't really invest too much attention into something it's just what feels good at the moment and then move on you know but me I'm the type of person I mean I'm you know I've been into music since I was seven years old that's when I got my first Kiss records and I would you know play them and flip them over like pancakes you know back and forth and I just I loved it and then that's what started started me out um, you know, then I got into like seeing what type of records my family had when I couldn't all when I could only afford to own ten records. I'm like, I need more. I need something more. I would go to friends' houses, check out what they had, go through their parents' collection. And I mean, you know, my mom was a singer back in South America, where I'm from, Colombia, and you know, she she almost got to the point that she became a professional singer. But we had family in politics, and they kind of forbid her. You know, it was kind of like in the '60s, so they don't want a female to be a pop star because it's a it's a total bad element. You know, especially South American. You know, it's just like. So when I started playing music and I got into music, she was gun ho. She she would love to buy me records, and, oh, she, wow. and she would try to listen to them. And then when we would you know take car car rides to you know either the store or wherever we would go to the pool or whatever, in those car rides, I mean, we would just listen to pop music or cassette tapes and you know that's what got me into it it was just like it was the connection the family connection through music i mean we actually got along really good because there's so many musicians in my family so in that way i've been blessed you know not everybody not everybody has that some people have to use music to get over a really bad you know uh you know growing up in with horrible parents or something like that or just you know i mean you know music helps out in so many ways to connect with your family or to make up for not being able to be close mm-hmm. to your family it becomes part of you either a really young age sometimes 12 years old i mean i started with hard rock at seven but kiss was more of a fun band yeah you know, they were rock and roll but they were fun but then they had weird elements like like songs like strange way or almost human which is i couldn't describe you know the guitar solo in almost human it's a total noise solo and i've never heard that in a in a rock and roll band, I mean, I gotta go back and listen to the solo. Yeah, it just it has this crazy filter and just like, yeah, it sounds like a race car just like falling think, apart like in flames. I think well, "Almost Human" is one of my favorite Gene songs. Yeah, it's 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 such a dark horse. No one really brings that up. Yeah, you're like the first person. Oh, "Almost Human" is like I would say my top ten in my top ten yeah. Kiss songs. Yeah, like for sure. It's got it's got that '70s groove. 
you know, like right like, off the top, that funky so boom, boom, yeah, it's yeah. like it's really. But then, but then, you know, it, it, the thing is, Kiss, it's it's weird because I actually heard, um, Gene. I guess he did a podcast also, and he talked about his influences, and he would talk about all these like strange bands that you wouldn't imagine that don't even Gene sound Simmons? like Kiss. Yeah, and they were actually cool bands. So you know how Gene is kind of like. Not cool. Not cool. Yeah. <laughs> like now it's just like it's like Who are you? <laughs> I know, exactly. But there was a point. You really are the demon. But yeah. a different kind of demon. But it's funny because a lot of people don't get it and a lot of people are used to the new kiss and then they did some Walmart commercial and I just like, oh my god, and then I have to stick up for myself. Just like I did when I was like in sixth grade. I got into an argument with with a with a friend of mine. And it's funny because I think this came out in a bunch of KISS blogs. Someone did a story on, on me talking about my sixth grade lunch experience that I had to argue with a kid about Kiss being the best band. And he was into Iron Maiden. And Iron Maiden at the time was the better band, I must admit. But I, I, I have always stuck to having Kiss be my favorite band throughout the years, even when they were like embarrassing, <laughs> to, you know, crazy nights and stuff like that. But, uh, but there was, but you know, there was a point that Kiss were just phenomenal. No, not too many people get it. Not too many people remember. I mean, when they started out, I mean, there's people that love Marilyn Manson, but when I saw Marilyn Manson come out, I'm like, dude, this is Alice Cooper and it's Kiss, you know? Yeah. Mixed mix with the Nine Inch Nails influence that, sure. that you know, Trent Reznor put in, which yeah. worked for them. Worked for them. And and Marilyn Manson, great. Yeah. You know, don't take any away, anything away from him, but you're, you are correct. And the, the greatest thing I love about KISS is the fact that they, because they've been around for so many years, they do have so many different eras. It makes KISS as an entity a real breathing person. Yeah. You know, with so many phases and so many like shades. Like, remember the time it was like this? It, it was this? It yeah. was like that? The that's the difference with them and U2. Because U2, I think, have always been on top. Kiss, there were moments that they were suffering. That's a great point. They were suffering. That's a great points. point about you that you bring up about you too. Yeah, it's the the only way for I think a band to really be a band is the low points. Yeah, and I mean Kiss, Kiss got to the point that, you know, when they were on top, they were just shooting. You know, they were they're just they're playing arenas, selling out four shows in a row, Madison Square Garden. I mean, they were they were they were living the life, but then. When the '80s happened and New Wave took over, and you know, it kind of happened to. It's it's kind of you know for the younger people that listen to your thing, it's just kind of like what happened with grunge, when grunge took out all the the, the glam bands. You yeah. Know? So that's what happened with New Wave in a way. So Kiss had to like, they did the Elder. They tried doing weird concept records, and they kind of just lost their vision for a while. You know, I mean, there's good songs in all those records because being a Kiss fan, sometimes you, you you know you give them a break and you you know you try to dig you know listen deeper but you know sometimes you're just trying you know I, yeah. I, I and then uh and i think the bon jovi thing happened in the 80s because bon jovi were making hits and kiss being a band that made so much money and that and then barely you know getting a thousand people to certain shows i mean that's a big blow to to a band with that thing that yeah. used, they're, they're used to a certain lifestyle making a certain amount of money and living as you know in a in a certain way, and um, and it just they kind of like they leaned over. I think they were asking, you know, who produced Von Joey's last record? We should we got to get that producer. Who is their wardrobe person? And Kiss never needed to follow somebody else. They always did what they did in the beginning. And 
you know, and in the beginning they were scary. I, I loved them. They were dark. They looked like weird kabuki. I think that's figures. what that's what got all of us. Yeah. You know? And you know, and, and for the people out there that don't like Kiss, because there's a lot a lot of people. But I mean, most of your heroes probably love Kiss. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The Panteras and all that stuff, and you yeah, know, yeah. they they get it. Yeah. They get what I see. And that's getting back to your illustration. How you interpret Kiss in your illustrations is how I see it. So when I saw these images that you were posting, I was like, "This is how I see Kiss." Yeah. The image that I eventually. I bought off you. Yeah. The picture of Gene, uh, the hotter than hell Gene. Yeah. On the mountaintop, um, with the, with the torch, um, is is the way I really see Gene. That's how he really should be seen. To me, I mean, I kind of want to like through art. I still have. I want to. I still like to draw kids. Like if I'm drawing them on my folder. Yeah, something like that in a school book. Great point as well. You know, and it's you, that, it, and it was it was cool because you're in school and you're a teacher's talking and you're having a hard time, you know, really focusing on the teacher because most teachers, you know, they just, you know, they're it's not like it's Charlie like, Brown. Yeah, it's like total Charlie Brown. And and you know, you get dropped, you drift off doodling and stuff. You kind of want to make the best of your time, so you kind of like <laughs> you kind of break outside. You know, now people are probably hiding cell phones or under desks. Mm-hmm. Before the, before that, you know, I would I would draw kiss images in my folder, and then I was always into erotic art. Also, you know, we, we'll we'll mention that also. Yes. But uh, but I would draw you know nude fingers, nude nude you know female figure figures that kind of like are kind of like resemble. Like a Frank Frazetta, like the artist that did all the Molly Hatchet records and, uh, and all that stuff, the Conan the Barbarian type of thing. But you know, like a warrior woman, like a very strong woman, but she's just beautiful, like overwhelming, like more beautiful than anybody you'll see today or something like that. And I would start drawing this, but at a young age, I mean, they didn't really come out as good as, as I'm doing them now. But I had kids look over my 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 shoulder and they're like, oh. Could I buy that that drawing you're doing of this nude girl? <laughs> <laughs> we know I'm like four, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, two bucks. <laughs> and two bucks, you know, Back went then, a long man. way. Yeah. Two smokes. bucks would would fill up a friend's gas tank, and he'd you know drop you off in school, and then back and forth. You know, you you didn't have to take the bus anymore. So <laughs> through a little drawing, I just I didn't have to suffer through you know going to a school bus, you know. Catching whatever's flu, whatever flu the kid next to you has. Or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So in a way, I'm like, man, I should have kept on doing that earlier age. I mean, I've taken the arts pretty serious, pretty serious, uh, seriously, the last um, two, three years. So it's, this has been like a recent resurgence for you. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, 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 I would, I would do it a lot, and you know, early on, like I said, I, you know, drawings of kiss on my folder, and then there was a teacher in eighth grade that she really appreciated what I was drawing. She looked over my shoulder, and she could have taken my notebook away and made yeah. me stand up against the wall or, like, a, you know, punish me or something like that. And then she's like, look, I want you to paint my whole room. Wow. <laughs> so I mean, I did you're that. lucky. You're I was, lucky, like, yeah. in eighth grade. So back then, uh, how old are people in eighth grade nowadays? Uh, um, that would be 13? Yeah, 13 or so. Yeah. And, you know, for painting her whole uh, her whole classroom, she bought me a, a Pink Floyd Dark Side of the of the Wall poster. 
So now Who I know how cool she was. Where do, you, where do you find these teachers? <laughs> and she, was, she was actually beautiful, too. I had wow. a crush on her. Wow. But once she brought that poster and she bought me the cassette tape and I listened to it at home, I'm like, Pink Floyd. It's kind of sad stuff. Some people hear it and they're like, man, that's too sad. But I really like sad music, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I love heavy music. But if there's sad music, you know. Even some BG songs are like way heavier than most metal bands. You know, it's just, I it's think like it takes maturity to realize yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it sometimes it takes your heart to get broken to realize it too. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I didn't really get into Pink Floyd until my heart was broken and, you know, I listened to metal and, and um, animals. Oh, yeah. You know, and yeah. Those are intense. I mean, the, the, the way they project the record, the, the concepts behind them, I mean, just like. It's an amazing story in your head. The funny, I have a funny thing about Pink Floyd is, is when I was when I, in the middle of listening to all the metal I was listening to and all the punk rock I was listening to when I was in high school as a teenager, I mean, I got a hold of Dark Side of the Moon. And I knew at that point it had been on Billboard for 15 years or some crazy yeah. statistic. So I, I realized this is a record I have to listen to. And you drop a record like Dark Side of the Moon in the middle of, like, you know, Good Morning Black Sunday by Megadeth or something, or, or some, you know, Testament yeah. or Overkill record you're listening to. It, it, there's absolute, and you're, and you're 15 or 16, it's not going to resonate. But I knew that I, I had to understand it, and I just kept listening to it. I forced myself to listen to Dark Side of the Moon. Like, I didn't like it at first, then I got to, accustomed to it and I got to be aware of it and know all the and that, parts and, and that's 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 one of the miracles in life it's just you have something in front of you and sometimes you don't see it and it takes you to mature or open your eyes or open your mind whatever you want to yeah. call it but it's just like it's it's been there for you the, all along like crushing heartbreak made me like finally get John Coltrane yeah. You know, Olay by Coltrane and Love Supreme. Great records. You know, I'd have a 40-minute walk after work to home. I didn't take the subway. And I would just listen to that in the, you know, at like 11 o'clock at night, walking home alone. Oof. I finally got it, you know, and feel, feeling sorry for myself, but I'm connecting with the record, you know. Yeah. And that, that's and, moments that are just going to resonate inside of you. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Like, and that's, I mean, and when I hear people go, oh, you know, I like music. I go, no, you haven't, you haven't really spent the time with music at the right moments in your life. You got to know when to, yeah. You know, I, I don't know how it is. Like, when you go through something, I'm, we're all lucky that we love music. So when we do go through something that's heavy in life, there's always music to fall back on. And, yeah. and uh if you you know that's why you should you should always collect a varied a, like a lot of different kinds of music you just never know what you're going to go through exactly and I, I had love supreme because once again it was like i'm supposed to have this yeah. all the pundits say i should so as you know educating myself on you know music you know yeah i, I bought it but then when I went through it and I listened to it, and oh, there's other albums too where you're just, oh fuck, this is crush, <laughs> crushing me and comforting and, me at the same dude, time. And that's what I live for right now. It's just like day to day, you know, you get older as a person, and sometimes certain things dull out. You're not as excited as certain, you know, at certain moments of your life like you used to be when you're a kid. Everything surprises oh, you, yeah. and you're like, wow, 
look at that, wow, and you get excited and you just want to show the next friend and everything like that. And I mean, it dulls down a little bit. It kind of mm-hmm. like you kind of you become dormant to that feeling for a while, and it's 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 pretty sad because it affects so many people. You know, I mean, it's just it's part of life. But I still I still like if I find a song that just moves me. I mean, I'm I'm every day searching for something. Same here. It's you know? a constant. It'll never end. Yeah. I the mean, the idea the, the the feeling I got when I first heard Master of Puppets. Yeah. That's when I'm I'm on that search for life, for <laughs> for the rest of my life. Those master puppets, kill them all, right? The lining. I mean, that just, just back to back. That was just a glorious moment. It in was heavy metal. When I f- first picked up the guitar, that's all I would want to do. Be able to do that that riffage, that James Hetfield, you know, that stroke, the stroke, just the, the the palm muting, you know. And he's all downstrokes for guitar players. It's just like. I don't know. He does something that a lot of people still don't, are not able to do. I think he's so underrated. Yeah. And one of the, I saw an interview with Mustaine when he was called out by some guitar magazine as the greatest metal guitarist of all time. He did an interview and he said, well, you know, it's nice, but, uh, you know, the other guy who's, or he said something like to the effect of the other person who deserves it, I used to be in a band with. Oh, man. And this is before the Big Four tour. This is before. Yeah. This is still when, you know, there is a, a rift. Yeah, there's something really cool about Mustaine. Actually, I met him. I met him. Um, they were doing uh, one of their full length albums. Again, Rust in Peace, I mm-hmm. think. They okay. were doing the full, and friends of ours that we toured with this super band called King K Y N G. That's a plug. Great guys. I think the producer of that is Jim Rota. Yeah. Who's going to be on the motorboat with Fireball. Oh, that's it's, awesome. Yeah. So I'm yeah. going to see Jim, the producer of King, tomorrow. Yeah, awesome. Well, you know, we, we toured with them, with Monstro, we toured with them. We did a dancing tour. We did a clutch tour. I mean, we just did a bunch of tours together. So I actually saw them more than I saw my family for like a couple of years. You know? Right, right. <laughs> and uh, and they're really, really cool guys. Um, but I kind of got off the subject. <laughs> Can't even remember what we were talking about. Mustaine. Mustaine. So they were they were opening up for Mustaine, and they invited me backstage, and I was hanging out with this friend of mine, um, beautiful girl, redheaded girl, and stuff like that. And you know, and Dave Mustaine kind of like he's like, huh? <laughs> he looked over, and then so we kind of like, okay, that's our cue. Let's walk up. Let's let's talk to Dave Mustaine. Let's see what he has to say. <laughs> so I met Dave Mustaine, and I was pretty excited because you know I I, I love the Metallica demos. And I like the the Peace Cells record, you know. Um, songs like Devil's Island are phenomenal, you know, and super cool stuff. Amazing. So I got to meet him, and, you know, of course, he has to put up his front, kind of like Danzig does, you know. He's kind of like a little bit of, of a tough guy, you know. And I'm kind of like, I, you know, I just, I talk to him, and, he, you know, he tries to get a little sharp with me, and I'm like, but I, I kind of keep up with him, you know. And then all of a sudden he just opens up and he goes, so, you know, how did you end up here? And I go, well, I'm with the guys from King. You know, we've done so much touring together that, you know, they invited me. He goes, oh, what, what band are you playing? And I'm like, I play in a band called Monstro. And he goes, oh, that sounds familiar. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it means a couple of different things. It means Monstro mean, means monster in Spanish or, or in Italian. It kind of means massive. But it's also the whale in Pinocchio, that mysterious whale that's in Pinocchio. Everybody ends up in the stomach, so that's that's another thing. And he goes, "Oh, like the whale in Pinocchio," because he's you know, he's he's older, so he knows all his. Yeah. You know. He's like, "Are you guys heavy? 
whale heavy and then he starts chuckling you know with his ha 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 you know but they i'm like yeah we're pretty we're pretty heavy and stuff like that and uh we just talked for a while and we started talking talking about motown music because you know like like we mentioned earlier in the show all these artists are have these outside influences that that they use that influence subtly in their music mm-hmm. it's like a secret sauce in yeah. a way, you know, a lot of people, there might be a heavy metal band that does something like unorthodox, but then all of a sudden you're like, wait, that's that's a John Coltrane trick mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, you know. So we started talking about Motown, and I know Tom Mariah from from Slayer. He's big into like all different types of music, and he also like a lot, a lot, a lot of that, you know, Motown stuff and everything yeah. like that. So, so we had a pretty good conversation, Dave Mustaine and I. You know, that's short, great. you know, short but sweet. And the next day he. Uh, he what do you call it? Tweeted, tweet, tweet, tweeted. Yeah, yeah. He tweeted uh, about meeting me. He's like, wow. I met this super cool guy named Juan Montoya, plays in a band called Monstro. And you know, he goes, I asked him, are you guys heavy, whale heavy? He mentions the joke that he said, and then he goes, and then he plugs our band and he puts our our, our web link. Damn. On the thing, and you know, it's pretty heavy. He, he didn't have to do that, and this is Dave Mustaine oh. doing that. So I'm like, this guy's down to earth. He's cool, no matter what, and all the fights and stuff like that. I mean, everybody goes to their dark side, you know. But the guy actually did something cool to me. And my mom, actually, it came out on his Facebook. So my mom leaves him a little note. Thank you. We love you, Dave. <laughs> so my mom's like a little did bit you do older. A Facebook? Mom, oh, <laughs> oh, man, it's Dave Mustaine. But for your mom to write back Dave Mustaine and appreciating that, you know, right. that, yeah, you yeah. know that he gave his son a, you know, like he mentioned his son and his band, you know, yeah, on, on cool. one of the biggest musicians in the world. So to me, it was a big deal. For sure. To my mom, it was just like, you know. Absolutely. You know, I, you got to make your mom proud, so. You're really busy with the artwork. Yeah, and I spend I spend a lot of time, like hours a day. Like some people do a job, and you know it's at the end of the day, like you know when people are exhausted from coming home home from work. I mean, my eyes are just shot at the end of the night from doing research online. You know, like if there's like if I'm doing a certain character or something like that, you know, and then I want to create like a either like a, a constellation behind them or something like that or a certain type of mountain behind them. I mean, I'll do the research, so I'm constantly like. Right. back and forth on a computer on my phone and then drawing and then and, and it's just like and then by the end of the night you know how people's feet are t- are tired from like working somewhere where that has a physical job or something i mean my eyes are just kind of like yeah. you know pretty soon i'm gonna need glasses i feel yeah. and uh but i mean it just feels amazing it's it's to be able to get lost in doing art i mean it's just it's just it's it's one of the most beautiful things in life it's this pleasure to be lost and not worry about bills, not worry about how corrupt the world is, not worried about, you know, what a, you know, a certain breakup or anything like that. It's just, it's just you're 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 in this zone, and it's just, it's like what people pay thousands of dollars in therapy to do, and you're able to do it yourself. You're able to, you know, cure yourself or, or put yourself in a state of mind that you kind of like it balances you out. Yeah, you know. I don't mean I don't want to sound like a sin hippie or anything like that, but but it, in a way it's 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 what a lot of people f- try to find and they spend money trying to find happiness. I mean it's a it's a great thing and I found that with with art. I mean I've always been into it. Like started like I told you I did doodles growing up and then uh, later on I just I you know I had to collaborate with Aaron Turner from the band Isis 
and um, and him and I did the Meanderthal album cover. That's that's my album cover. And if you and if you find it on vinyl, the original pressings. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like a gatefold. It looks like an old Yes record or that folds out like into right. a, a giant mountain or something. It's really cool. Like people have it as posters at their house that have visited them like before. Like that huge Black Moses. Yeah, Isaac Hayes. like Isaac Hayes, yeah, which yeah. is great. So you know, being able to do that, it's just you know, and the record, you know, it, it, it's not a gold record or anything, but it sold with the underground community it sold pretty good and people were aware of it and you know and people praised it and thank you for for mentioning that you were you were a supporter so oh yeah i mean mean, yeah once i found out i remember my friend who's been on the podcast before he 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 did an article for you guys he wrote an article on torch um in terrorizer oh okay Okay. kevin stewart panko oh great guy yeah, we, we kind of grew up across the street from one another. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so we we have a we did an old pod uh, we did a podcast uh, episode uh, last year. Give give him a big hug next time you see him. Most metal people, I mean, you might not like the music, but what I love about heavy metal is the brotherhood. Mm-hmm. You know, you have you yeah. have these friends for the rest of your life. I'm still have my be- my best friend Mike Carter. Him and I met in eighth grade, and we used to like borrow each other's Kiss records and stuff like that. Him and I are still. Like we ran into each other, we lost track for a while, but we're still best friends. We're, yeah. This is you're still my best friend, buddy. And, and it's funny, I did a a Kiss um, '70s influence uh, piece artwork, and uh, and I you know I send them the image, I put the image up on my on my Facebook and I think on Instagram, but somehow I got to Gene Simmons, and Gene Simmons has posted it on all his multimedia sites he put it on his uh, twitter his facebook it's his, amazing. his kiss online and then one day you know i think like twenty-two thousand people saw it and wow. like and then people you know how they share a photograph on on facebook yeah there was like four thousand shares so i mean that's in a it, big stat in a, in, in a day like an arena worth of people saw my artwork that's amazing that's Through, and because thing, of gene simmons being cool even but, though, you know, we talked about him earlier, but I'm like, all right, he's cool to me. <laughs> and he's cool to me. I mean, the thing is, and I, but even though I've been critical of a lot of the recent things he said, but when it comes to artwork and kiss and everything, um, it's not Paul who you need to get the sh- to get the upload from it's Gene because Gene had his own fanzines. Yeah. He used to draw himself. Oh. So his son, wasn't his son working for Marvel or DC? He recently? did his own comic, but his son's a pretty pretty decent artist. So so they're all cuz Gene's all into that. That's it's the whole fantasy sci-fi is from Gene. So to get, you know, kind of like anointed from Gene rather than Paul. I mean, that's that's really high praise. Yeah, I mean, Gene is the one that he was so into like horror movies and sci-fi movies that he he he's like an encyclopedia. Yeah. He's, a, he's like you know talking about how I'm digging deep into music. I mean, he knows every movie producer that worked on a certain movie, certain actor. I think he might be able to recite movies. I'm not sure of it, you know, but he's really really into it. And to have him on that side, like appreciate my artwork, because I mean, he not only like he he's like check out this awesome Kiss artwork. Done by Juan Montoya, guitarist of the band Monstro. So he plugged the oh, band. He too. plugged the band. <laughs> Baby, you drive me crazy. I can say that this is the way of my heart. Baby, you're born to raise me. I did do a really cool project with uh, with Max Cavalera and Troy Sanders. Okay. 
Yeah. yeah, the Killer Be Killed stuff. I mean, that album is amazing. I, I, I think it's super cool, man. Thank and you, man. I, and I think I did an upload on it recently on Instagram, and I likened it to Max's earlier project, Nail Bomb. Yeah. And I felt like it was more of a continuation of that. Yeah, I think I think he he you know there was a couple of riffs in there that I'm like it, it made me feel what like Sepultura made me feel when I first heard him. Yeah, like uh, his back, you know, like the '90s didn't, you know, did something funny to to a to, lot of people. to musicians yeah. to people. You know, it's just like, you know, but I think he he on this record he he did some stuff that goes back to like roots. <laughs> you know, well, I, I think his, like Cavalera Conspiracy, like those that first album Cavalera Conspiracy that likened back to Nail Bomb too for me. Yeah, um, and I always felt Max's side projects were heavier than his main projects. Yeah, you it's know. Weird. Yeah. But, but with with uh, the guys in the band, uh, Greg and Troy, yeah, like just bouncing off each other vocally. Yeah, I mean they kind of they, they've been talking about it for a long time, and Greg mentioned it to me a while. He's go say hey, I'm gonna do this project with Max and stuff like that, and you know I'd like you to be involved with it. I'm like cool, but you know just a couple years went by, you know, and we would see each other. I would run into Greg on tours and everything like that, and I you know I'd mention I'm like so what's going on? He goes oh we're gonna we're gonna get it together, and they finally did. But when I heard that Troy was coming on board. Since I love Troy Troy Sanders from Mastodon, you know, he's just a great guy. And I ran into him, I'm like, so you're doing the project? He goes, yes. He goes, then I definitely want to be in this project. So I, I got hired as a as a studio musician for it. I did all the, the weird leads and just a lot of the freaky sounds. And, you know, the recording experience was great. You know, we just uh, seen these guys work, bouncing ideas off each other. And it's just... You, you know, like you're in a room. Dudes. Yeah, you're heavy. in a room with professionals. I mean, these people are on, on ball. And like then, and then, of course, Mastodon. I'm a super big fan of. And you know, and I and I hang out on their hometown, Atlanta. And I got I got a chance to meet the whole band. And is that the connection with Troy through your stay in Atlanta, or is it beyond that? No, I th- I, th- I think uh, Kyle came out to see Torch play a couple of times. Like he he saw us playing oh. Athens, Georgia. Oh, there's the connection. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm sorry. Like yeah. So, of course. So, but the 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 cool. This is a cool story. When we uh, when Torch did our first tour, I think like in 2005 or something like that. Um, our first date was going to be because living in Miami, it takes you 11 hours an an 11 hour drive just to get out of the the state. So we had to stop off in Tampa, St. Petersburg, that's like Central Florida, and our first show was was with Mastodon, but we had to we did that show and then we had a day off and then we had to be in Chicago the following day. So we had like oh super God. long drives. So we ended up doing a show with Mastodon, and uh, in St. Petersburg, and uh, and when, as soon as we finished playing, the whole band was on the side of the stage watching us, and they're like, "Man, you guys are incredible." Could I have one of your shirts? I wear it on stage tonight. Brent actually, I gave him a, a, a T-shirt that I did a drawing of, and he wore it on stage the same night. It's like, you know, how cool is this band? You know, they just we just played our first tour, first show. It's like the best thing that could happen to a band, <laughs> like this super cool band. You know, and this Mastodon were already getting pretty big, but they weren't this like at the level now. Yeah, so. so I mean, they've always been down to earth guys. Like when I want to hang out with them, they're just. Yeah, remission tour. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then at the end of the night, they're like, "Look, we uh, we I think they were on tour with Death by Stereo or something like that." Okay. And they're like, "We're playing our hometown. Would you want to open up in our hometown?" So they just added us to an extra show, 
like from seeing us and then tomorrow come play our house come play to our to our family Getting back to your art, I mean, there's two streams about it. There's the, 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 the kiss and the fantasy and all that. Well, more than one, two streams. But there's the kiss thing, and I've noticed that, and uh, a lot of the rock thing. You've done Motley Crue, and you've done Doyle, yeah. and all those. Th- those are those are mainly, like, commissions. A lot of people... So it, Doyle it, commissioned you? No, Doyle, Doyle was just a, a thank you gift. Because, I mean, when I met him, I met him, uh, we did a Danzig Legacy tour, which they did the Samhain set and they did a, a misfit set and Doyle I guess you know made, I guess I don't know if he's always been friends with Danzig but there were souls that drift between misfits and Danzig and stuff like that but Doyle Doyle's you know great guy you know he doesn't want all this stupid politics involved he just wants to go up there with his family and his friends and just rock I, out I've you know? heard yeah yeah good guy good guy so when I met him you know we we watched some of the Danzig soundcheck in their first show in California, and he was sitting, he was standing next to me, and it's funny because he just got some new glasses. He goes, "Hey man, try these on." He be, he's like, "Try, try my sunglasses." I'm like, "What?" You know, he looks down because he's like eight feet tall, you know, and uh, and you know, I'm like five four, so you know, I'm kind of like I'm dancing size. <laughs> so he like hands me his glasses, and I put them on just to see what he's talking about. But the minute I put on his sunglasses, I'm like, I'm wearing Doyle sunglasses. I'm cool. <laughs> oh, it was sure. just he was just so down to earth that he's like, check this out, and we would have these conversations, and it's just like talking to like a like a like a really cool friend from school, like you know, like that innocence that you that you get when you first meet someone, like in 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 junior high or high school, or even in elementary school. It's just like you know, you just start talking with someone. There's no walls or anything like that. He's like that man. He just it's, he's easy to talk to, and and. uh Throughout the whole tour, he was really cool. He looked out for us, and he was, you know, he watched the band and everything like that. And, uh, and you know, I just wanted to give him a thank you gift. That's great. So I That's did that really for him. cool. And he loved it, you know. And he does our work too. He doesn't. He puts it some of sometimes he puts it up on his personal Instagram. I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen that. You know? And he's actually he's pretty good. He's yeah. pretty good. He's better better in Marilyn Manson is that art. <laughs> <laughs> There's the rock strain of your artwork. And then there's also this kind of erotic strain of your artwork that I I do enjoy as well. Yeah, I think that's a signature for you as well. Yeah, I think I think ever since I found my uncle's Playboy magazine, seventies, eighties Playboy collection magazine, like he had it. Like it's so funny because he there's a period where he uh where he was a bachelor. He just got over a divorce and everything, and he had the swankest places. He had this apartment in Miami Beach that you walked in, and the whole apartment was mirrors. <laughs> it's just like Miami Vice style. It's just like mirrors everywhere. You you went to take a uh, a pee or, or or take you know use the restroom, and you're looking at like like the Bruce Lee movie with all these mirrors. You know what? That's stuff. awesome, dude. <laughs> but you're just there standing up taking a leak, and all of a sudden there's like there's a hundred of me. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, it went into his bedroom, and he had the the mirror on the, on the ceiling. And everything like that, so he's ready to lay down some action with the, you know, with the ladies and stuff like that. And then, of course, like behind, behind the, 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 the what's it called in the back of the bed, the, the, uh, the, the board, the, the backboard. The, the, yeah. Well, yeah. some people yeah. had like a longer backboard. Headboard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a headboard, and uh, and some people had a little bit longer. That was like a cabinet. They would stash stuff behind it. Right. So of course I open it up, and what did I find? 
a collection of Playboy magazines, and that's, I mean, you know, there you could you could be an outdoors person, you know, and you could see a beautiful beach or a beautiful mountain or a monument or something like that. That's how I feel about women, you know. It's just, you know, there's a God. He made them perfect, you know, and uh, all of them, you know, in their own way. And it's just like, and to, and that's a challenge to be able to draw, to do art, and be able to capture just a little bit of essence of a woman, is is just it's unique. I think you have too. I'm doing there's my a, best, man. Thank there's you. There's a man. lot of there's a lot of times you've uploaded stuff on Instagram, and yeah, the the capturing of the essence, just just in the, you know, it's it's not your work isn't real. It's not vulgar and obscene. It's 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 capturing um yeah. The essence, the vibe, the very, uh, the sexuality that, yeah, that the void of, of, of vulgarity and just having that pure essence of, of what about a woman turns you on. Yeah, and, and it's sometimes it's it's even like a stare that'll break you down. Yeah, and you know, just you know, and also a stare could crumble your world too. You know. <laughs> it has <laughs> yes <laughs> it's amazing so you know that's 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 why I, I try you know and the funny thing is that when I first started doing art like in a serious way was that I painted my friend Sonia's cat her her cat Dita and it's just this cute it looks like Hello Kitty but like a vampire cat you know and uh and I did a you know did the cat in outer space and a little vessel and stuff like that and then I got tons of emails because of it and then, you know, and then I started doing a lot of pet portraits and, you know, tribute to, to friends, you know, who... Because, I mean, I feel nowadays a lot of people, it's just really expensive to have kids nowadays, you know. It's it's incredible. You know, the life just gets tougher, you know, money-wise, financing-wise and all that stuff. And it's just like a lot of people have pets and their pets are their kids. And they have that love, that unconditional love for their animals, and people have asked me to do portraits of their animals and then also animals that have passed. I mean, unfortunately, these beautiful animals, they don't live as long as we do. So, you know, it's just like you, you just got to run with that moment and really enjoy your life with that animal. And it's like comforting. It's like therapy for people also. So, I mean, you know, and I feel honored that people ask me to, to pay tribute to their, to their, you know, to their pets and also pets that I passed, you know. So I would do a lot of that too. But I also wanted to do my side and everything like that. So, but you know, thankfully for these people, I was able to build sort of like a career from it, start a career. Oh, it's great! You know? I think what you're doing is is great, and I love the music you make. I love the artwork you make. Like everything about what you do, really connected with me immediately. And um, yeah, man, it's just great to meet you. Oh, dude, thank you, man. Another high five over here, really loud, Thanks, but man. more like a firm handshake. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you, Juan. Thank you. And uh, good luck on the on the on the cruise, man. Have a great show. Shows. Yeah. And uh, and you know, do what you gotta do. You know. Thanks, man. Quite shake that 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 uh, money that maker. <laughs> Not shake. <laughs> you know, just make that place rumble. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you yeah. so much. <laughs>